Hey, I'm Steven Glicker from Roll for Combat and Battle Zoo Bestiary, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about what makes an interesting monster. In the news, D&D will return to previously published settings, Critical Role is on D&D Beyond, more million-dollar Kickstarters, and more, plus a brand-new sketch about playing D&D with your pets. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week's podcast is sponsored by his glorious draconic majesty, Cordis, the almighty, the ever-living flame, destroyer of life, scourge of the northern reaches and the southern reaches and the reaches in between, burner of the unburnt and killer of bunnies. Did, did I read that right? All the tabletop roleplay news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, back this week after being accidentally decapitated last week, but I'm all better now. And with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, I am delighted to be here. Pleased to see that your new head has grown back in. Um, hopefully the features will bed in eventually. And also joining us this week, we have... Some say she's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. But to the best of my knowledge, she is not made of plastic. But she's still very fantastic. It's the one! It's the only! It's... It's me, Jessica, from EM Publishing. I think that's my favourite intro. That actually rhymed. Speaking of Barbie, uh, somebody just posted on EM World's RPG Evolution, Bad Vibes in Barbie Land. So I'm going to read that article as soon as we're done recording. Because I don't know what it's about, but I'm here for it. Okay. I, I was also having you look at it myself, and then I had to do this podcast thing. So yeah, yeah. talk about yeah. other news and things going on. So did you manage? Did you manage without me last week? Yeah. Did you break? Did you break the podcast? I don't think we broke it. I mean, I can't say about any of the listeners, but yeah, it, <laughs> it occurred. It took place. <laughs> Daryl didn't cry when editing it, uh, to my knowledge. Know? <laughs> uh, oh, the audio sounds different when he's wept, sort tears of blood. <laughs> right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it gets into the machinery. <laughs> I mean, to my knowledge, but yeah, no, I think I think we're okay. We talked about the Any Awards, some of the games, mm-hmm. uh, some of them I have that I really need to check out, and some that I don't that Ooh. I need to again have a look at. Yeah, I think I think we're okay. Yeah, that's good. Johnny, 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 good. It's a different vibe when when one of us isn't here, though. Yeah, well, me being headless, I couldn't be here. That's fair. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. There was no accusation there. It's okay. Well, it's I'm a safe feeling. Space. I'm feeling like eighty percent better this mm-hmm. week. I'm not 100% yet, but I am 80% better, I think. Good to know. Excellent. All right, then. So, let us do some RPG news. There's not a huge amount this week. It's not a massive week, I think no. it's the post-Gen Con lull. Everybody kind of saved yeah. their news for Gen Con and was like, hey, yeah. we're at Gen so we, Con, we, let me tell you it's, stuff. It's always funny. We always spend weeks coming up to Gen Con going, oh, it's really quiet. It's the pre-Gen Con lull. Yeah. Then immediately after Gen Con, we go, oh, it's really quiet. It's the post-Gen Con lull. Yeah, it's almost like Gen Con's a massive <laughs> event that people announce lots of news out. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Um, mm. I think there's a lot of... Uh, it's going to be quite slow for a bit, bit of a while because you know what? Baldur's Gate 3 has come out, mm. and oh my goodness, it's like, 
Look, aren't any of you people doing work? No, we're busy playing Baldur's Gate 3. Leave us alone. Okay. Yeah, I have to I have to get on that. So, let's do so much news, though. So, okay. uh, I wanted to bring up the topic of D&D campaign settings. Okay. So, yes. you know they've been revisiting classic campaign settings basically since Strahd. Yeah. Curse of Strahd. Yeah. Then they did Eberron. Then they, well, they've oh. done Forgotten Arms, obviously. Then they've done um, Spelljammer. They're doing Planescape. Yeah. And they've done Dragon Arms, I think. Is it those five? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, yeah. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're, uh, they're, you said Ravenloft as well, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they're trying to hammer all of these settings into, like, one multiversal setting, which is... Yeah. Yeah. I, think I think that's, that's pretty idea, much that what every, every media company on the planet is doing right now, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Make yeah. your everything has to, Everything has to be the multiverse. But what they have said, that there are plans, that these weren't one-and-done sort of one-offs okay. visits Ooh. to these settings... That there are actually plans to return to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, not specifically which ones. Mm-hmm. They haven't said that, but they said it's like, well, the, the quote is, we feel it's vital to visit these settings, to mm-hmm. tell stories in them, and we mm-hmm. look forward to returning to them, so we do not view these as one shots. Okay. So I think, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the way they say that they highlight how sort of rich. D&D can be, so that yeah. one can be sort of horror, one can be fantasy in space, one can be this, one can be that, and they kind of highlight the different things you can do with D&D, and they think it's kind of important, mm-hmm. important that they, they show that off, the breadth mm-hmm. of what D&D can offer, okay. I guess. I'm paraphrasing very much there, they're my own words, but they, yeah. They also said that. something that was interesting, they said how their approach to design is now a play-first approach, whereas in the past it's been, um, they said at certain points in D&D history, it's been a read-first approach. Yeah. And they said that yeah. partly because they were producing so many books each year, it's not possible to play it all. So people were just mm. getting the books and reading them and not going to play mm-hmm. them. So I think they're, they're not going to get them out all really quickly, but the plan yeah. is to release them at a pace where you could realistically play through them and by the time you finish yeah. that... And that's, yeah. I think that's really worked for them because mm-hmm. like, historically you would have sort of seen a big hardcover every month mm. or whatever they were doing at the time, box sets or whatever they, the common thing was at the time. But mm. you'd have seen one every single month. Mm-hmm. And there was there's no way you could play one of those every month. So it's impossible. No. So what happens is it's not just that people buy them to read and not play. Mm. It means that you don't buy all of them because you can't use all of them. Yeah. So basically well. the average average one sells less. Okay. Are you implying that some people don't buy loads of games that they have no intention of playing? Because that sounds fake. <laughs> no, of course not. I think I'm looking at three people on my screen right now that I know do exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if a lot of people are listening are sat there I, I looking at their reams of books on their shelves no, and they haven't no, no, played no. games. I, 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 beg, I beg to differ. I'm also being called out right now. Yes, I never buy listen. something that I definitely have no intention of playing. Okay. It's just that that intention may be there but it may not necessarily come to fruition during my own lifetime <laughs> what <laughs> but the intention is there for you to play it not in your lifetime yes jessica <laughs> don't don't do not pursue and that includes the dallas rpg I have maths. don't don't ask just, just leave it you don't want to know that includes the dallas rpg though you have every intention of playing. Oh no, Russ Russ loves would love to play that. He just has to find some other people who've seen it. I'm just gonna find one other person on the planet who <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, so D and D is going to be returning to campaign settings, but not at a breakneck pace. Is the summary? Yes, yeah, cool. yeah. But they haven't given any dates or anything like that. This was just like an offhand thing that Jeremy. Yeah, it's just said. an offhand thing. Although there was something I did see, like 
I only saw it today, actually. So, uh, Mike Schley, I believe, is the cartographer who does quite a lot of stuff for Wizards. I'll believe you. Okay. Um, yeah. you, you, you'd recognise his style. You'd recognise the maps okay. if, if you saw one. But, um, Master cartographer. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of hinting at something. So, on Twitter... Oh, oh. oh. So, he's, he's been working on, like, the D&D 5e books going right back, right back to the start. Okay. Pretty, you, know, you know, his fingerprints are all over them. You look at the maps, you'll go, I recognise that style of map. Okay. Are we supposed to call it x.com or something nowadays? I don't care. Um, I, I don't believe that I have to do what Elon of, Musk tells me. A lot me. of aggression about that came out directly at <laughs> you for some reason. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you understand. Anyway. Like, I, I just think you should leave your exes in the past, but that's just me. Anyway, <laughs> go on then. Um, I forgot what I was talking about now. What was I talking about? The, the cartographer hint <sighs> D&D. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm actually interested and I haven't seen this, so please do tell okay, me. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, um, tweeted about how he's been a busy map maker this year. Mm-hmm. And he mentions D&D titles coming soon. Fandelver and Below. Mm-hmm. Presumably with his work in. Uh, Fandelver and Below, September 19th. Planescape, October the 17th. And the Book of Many Things, November the 14th. Yeah. So the next three D&D titles have his working. Yeah, and then, this, yeah, he says, yeah. and if that's not enough, it's not. there's something even bigger in the works to announce soon. Even bigger than what Bigby's is... Bumper Book of Big Boys. Even bigger than Bigby's Bumper Book of Big Boys. Because <laughs> that's Even bigger big. than Planescape, yeah. What could be bigger than all those things? Hi. Unfortunately, he doesn't say. Okay, but, right. That, uh, I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It's, Something uh, bigger. A, yeah. So do you think that's a return to a setting or? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we know the, um, they've got knows. a couple of storylines coming up, haven't they? They've got a big multiversal Vecna storyline coming up. Oh, yeah, that's true. And one with the Red Wizards of Thay. Mm-hmm. That's coming. Yeah. They're exciting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we know we, we've got some sort of ideas of what's coming up, but we don't know in detail. Well, as soon as we do, we'll tell you about it, I guess. But whatever it is, it's bigger than Big B's bumper, Big Book, or Big Boys. <laughs> Sorry. You love that. That is out I'm now, sure had, it? I'm sure I had one too many bigs in there, actually. That is out now, and Beth um, AM Worlds reviewed uh, the source book as well. Mm. So that's yes, on the AM yeah. Worlds, so if people want more details on that. The actual title, which is Big B Presents Glory of the Giants. <laughs> that is not, congr- congratulations. not as good a title. Congratulations to uh, the team for having got out uh, such, such a book, because getting out a book is always an achievement. Hmm. Especially one that big. Yes, I hope it's massive. Do you mm. want some other Dungeons and Dragons news? No, I think we're probably done with the news now, shall we? Okay. Should we call it a day? Right. <laughs> right. Now, go on. Give us some more Dungeons and okay. well, Dragons this, news. This happened a bit early in the week, so some people might have heard about it, but we do need to talk about it. Um, so D&D Beyond and Critical Role. Yeah. So Taldori Reborn, the campaign setting, uh, is now available to purchase on D&D Beyond, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. It is, cool. and it is also important because this is one of the first like third-party partnered content released on D and D Beyond. So it is kind of a big deal um, in that sense because it, it it opens the door for other people to have stuff on there. Because during the OGL situation, there was lots of conversations about you know is you know D and D building up their walls is going to be too difficult for people to produce yeah. stuff and things like that. But yeah, so this is. I mean, obviously, Critical Role is massive, so it's not great yeah. for smaller indie people necessarily. But but... A spot of perspective on that, though. Sure. There is a distinction between third-party stuff and partnered stuff. Yes. And this is not 
a third-party marketplace in any no. way whatsoever. Yeah, it's partnered. This is this so. is very much so. There's six titles on there, mm-hmm. and of those titles, most of them have actually been on D and D Beyond for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. They just happen to have gathered them together into a certain place okay. and added Tower Delay this week. Mm-hmm. But um, there were um, things like um, uh, the Rick and Morty box set is on there, that's and that true. Minecraft thing, monsters thing they did. And so there's a, there's a few bits and pieces on there, and they've just kind of gathered them together into a partner content and mm-hmm. then Tower came out this week yeah but my only thought is because Darrington Press is like a publisher of their own games and things like that and I yeah, think the Rick and yeah. Morty stuff hasn't that's just they're partnering with the brand to make D&D mm. content for them whereas this is obviously still D&D content but like I don't know in that in that sense but um, yeah I kind of wonder how much involvement Wizards had with the Tower because obviously they did Explorer's Guide to Wildermount mm. Wildmount Wildy Mount, however you pronounce that word. Mm-hmm. And they did Call of the Netherdeep, which were both by Critical Role folks, Narrative yeah. Press. But they worked with those directly with Wizards. Mm-hmm. And Wizards published those two books themselves. Yeah. Whereas the Tal'Darei one, Darrington, as you said, it's got Darrington published Press's that name on it. Themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. Uh, Wizards didn't. Yeah. But I wonder if there was any involvement there at all or oh well, i imagine I there's some review process imagine i mean because even if you just have a license for someone's stuff there's a review process so i imagine if they're partnering with them and having their brand name on it there would at least at the bare minimum yeah. be a review process yeah it's interesting but yeah but anyway so uh, and wizards of the coast did say in the ogl controversy afterwards that they were going to allow third-party publishers access to the dnd beyond marketplace so using this partnered content is probably the first step in that direction, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, maybe if that this is all to... they mean, if it's just partner and not full third party, but who knows. But anyway. I was talking to, uh, yeah, I think it was Mike Shea about this a few weeks ago, and the sort of concerns about how a third party marketplace might be implemented. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. if Wizards of the Coast ends up basically de facto controlling the third party and and that becomes a dominant platform for it, the third party space. Mm-hmm. That gives Wizard Coast an undue amount of influence over third party companies. Yeah. Which as as the actual brand leader, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Whereas Wizards could literally promote one my rival over me mm-hmm. a, a whim. You know, you know, things like that. So I don't I don't I don't know. And we, we, we discussed some of the concerns about how this would have to work for that to for for that to be a comfortable fit, I think. Yeah, no, yes. I mean, they're not obstacles that can't be overcome, but they are concerns that you need to sort of, a, a conversation that I think needs to be had. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't have a lot to add to what you just said. I just, yes, yeah. I agree. Do you remember the whole Adepts thing on DM's Guild? What's that? And it's kind of like, you know, the, like, DM's Guild, for quite a long time, Wizard of the Coast sort of decided that certain DM's Guild creators, they'd call them uh, DM's Guild Adepts. Okay. Or, and basically, they choose. There was like a six or ten. I can't remember how many. There's a, a small number of them. And basically, they would promote and highlight those people, and those people would obviously get really, really good sales on right. DMs well, yes, as a consequence. Because they're being officially endorsed. Yeah. Was, was the was the criteria for who they selected open and like available for people? To you know, I can't remember. It was. They haven't done it in a while. Um, oh. I don't think particularly, but I didn't. I don't no, know. Not 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 something that you were following along with. Yeah. No. Um but the, the the sort of like odd part of that is if I'm selling on if I'm selling a brand new monster book on, on DM's Guild and one of these adepts is also selling a rival monster book on DM's Guild mm. and the platform owner 
mm-hmm. and marketplace leader and brand owner comes along and says, buy this one, not that one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is, it is, well, you know, it I don't know. like a terrible plan to me. I guess it's a case of they own the platform, they own the marketplace, they own the IP, and I guess you should just be grateful if you get any sales at all. Because well, yeah. like, like, essentially, if they're saying, okay, well, we'll say these people are worthy adept creators, it does seem like it would be very hard to get sort of grassroots success and build mm. up an audience. Well, to be fair, they haven't done it in a few years, I don't think, now. I no, think no. They, that kind of just, they didn't yeah. stop it. It just kind of trickled off, mm. yeah. I think. Um, okay. Of course, and there's the joys of computer algorithms, so mm. like reviews and so forth. Who gets five-star reviews? Who gets a four-star review? And it's therefore invisible. Mm. Because who would want to buy a four-star product when there's so many five-star products out there? Even though so yeah. many people rate things four stars, they're like, well, nothing's perfect, so I'll just put it four stars. Well, that's how like the uh, algorithm on, I think it was Apple Podcasts kind of works. Basically, mm-hmm. it's a binary thing, really. So there's yeah. a five-star scale, but basically five stars is a thumbs up and four stars or less is a thumbs down. Yeah. And that's basically yeah. how the algorithm works. So yeah. when you're reviewing something on Apple Podcasts, if you like it, give it five stars. If you don't like it, give it four or less. Mm-hmm. But if you give it four stars, you're giving it a thumbs down and you're pushing it down in the rankings. Yeah. I, I mean... That's pretty much the way it works for mm. every ranking system. Customer yeah. service is like that as well. So unless yeah. unless somebody spits in my face, they're getting five stars if they ever get a customer <laughs> service thing. Because yeah. you're yeah, corporate basically. overlords. I'm not going to get yeah. you down today. Yeah. I'm no snitch. Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, no, it's, uh, we're laughing, but yeah, actually, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's uh, the only way to behave. Anyways, <sighs> should we Grim. stop talking about corporate overlords and move on to some other news that is not Dungeons and or Dragons? Yeah. Um, oh, oh, tell you what is interesting. Oh, what is interesting? Million dollar Kickstarters. You know, there was a big gap for a while. Oh yeah. Oh. Suddenly, we've got a flood of them. Discuss. Oh, okay. I know. I know. It's quite Shadow of the quite... Weird Wizard. Uh, not to, that's on about quarter of a million. I don't think I was going to do a million. It's doing really, really? well. Quarter, yeah. no, no, not to not to knock it. Quarter of a million, maybe a third now. But I thought um, that it's was, doing really really well. I that was a million one in my mind. So we had um, Gloomhaven last month. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was on which back did, of it, uh, it? Yeah, which did five million. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, Gloomhaven RPG. Sure. Yeah, the, yeah. But, but I mean, if you look at the game, sure. if you look at the million dollar Kickstarter club, pretty much none of them are just an RPG. There's two. Yeah. There's Shadow Dark and um, there's Quixote and Crow. I think. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, none of them are just an RPG. Not a single one. Oh yeah. So we've got two. Two have not finished yet, but have passed the million dollar mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got the Obojima Tales from the Tall Grass. Okay. Which is a 5e campaign setting. Okay. Um, it's got a studio... Is it Ghibli? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Some people say Ghibli. Ghibli and Ghibli. I was looking at apparently the guy who owns it says Ghibli. Yeah, I mean, it's every, every, everywhere else Ghibli. it's pronounced Ghibli. Okay. The ship no he named his studio after, it's pronounced Ghibli, which is named after, uh, I think it's a phenomenon of wind. Which is pronounced Ghibli. But he's like, yeah, Ghibli. Okay, it's like, we will okay. say Ghibli because okay. that's what they have asked then. There we go. Uh, sure. I, right. I think he really doesn't care. So, yeah. Okay. okay. So, Studio it's just in Ghibli case he listens Ghibli to this and... podcast, which I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. And Legends of Zelda, inspired campaign setting for 5e, is currently on 1.3 million, still with two weeks to go. Cool. Okay. Which is very, very cool. We Same also have 
Yeah, we have the Dolmenwood tabletop RPG. Why does that ring bells? Um, this is British Isles folklore and fairy tales. Ah, uh, okay. It's uh, it's a standalone RPG. It's not five E, um, but oh, it looks gorgeous. Mm. Looks gorgeous. It's by Exalted Funeral, and yeah, that's just I past guess. a million dollars with three weeks to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an entire RPG, three books. There's a player's handbook, a monster book, and a, basically, I guess, a, their equivalent of a DM guide. It's called the campaign book. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then we also have, just sort of coming up, we've got that Moria thing coming from Free League. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Which Free League tend to do a million these days. Yeah. Um, it's got 6,200 6, followers waiting for it to launch. So that's a borderline number of followers, to be fair, to get a million. But, but Free League, uh, you know, they're very good at doing this stuff. Look, we know it's going to be gorgeous. It's got maps of Moria in oh, it. Oh, I'm absolutely getting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I get the 5 E's, I think. It's you might get. I might. I'll probably get a little <laughs> fine. Shush. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I'm very. Yeah, I, 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 I want that yeah, very much. I, I do, I do like my dwarfs in a whole. It makes me happy. Mm. And finally, MCDM, uh, Matt Colville's um, design monsters. Uh, uh, well, makes um, yeah various things. Um, yeah. Did followers and strongholds. MC, uh, that's what MCDM stands for. I thought you were saying Matt Colville Dungeon Master. That's what it stands for. Right. But also, design um, monsters works. And they <laughs> do, they Matt do Matt both those things. <laughs> Dungeon Master and Design Monsters. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, um, has on back a kit. I can't even find it right now. Where's it gone? Um, an upcoming TTRPG, which has something like 30,000 people waiting for it. Wow. Can't find it. Can't find it. Um, but, but it is there. We'll put the link in the show yeah. notes for it. Yeah. 30,000 people up. following that. Something, something like 30,000 people. As I remember, I'm now going to check it later. That's going to be like five million. Like, they, that's going to be... Yeah, I think... Uh, wow, good for times, them. Yeah. How many times has Matt Colville yes. broken a million? Let's have a look. A couple of times now. Let's have a look. Uh, Strongholds and Streaming did two million. Okay. Um, Flea Mortals, their monster book. Did two million. Uh, Kingdoms Warfare and more minis did one point three million. So three times so far, beating nice. a million. Well, well done to them. Yeah. You know what else is upcoming on our crowdfunding soon? What? what, what? Level up, advanced what? fifth edition what? starter box. What's ah! that? <laughs> Sorry, shameless plug. Um, I rolled a disbelieve. Yeah. So basically, for for level up, we're making a starter box set. It's going to be like. Around or under thirty dollars, I think. I think it's thirty dollars. Uh, but yeah, I think the idea is yeah. that you have all your rules for five E, and it's just like got a condensed rule book in that shows you the differences. So if you know the five E rules and have them, it shows you the differences in A five E, and it's got like three adventures in and pre built character sheets, um, tokens, maps, all this stuff. So pretty much, it's just like, do you play D anD D but want to try out A five E, but you don't want to buy all the books straight away? Here you go. And it's very pretty nice. as well. It's just so pretty. It's very, I'm so oh. excited about it. We've been talking about it a lot in the last week. Like we're we've been fiddling with the character sheet a lot to to make that work. And yeah, and the pre-launch page is up now, and I'm very yeah. excited. And Ooh, I cannot people, wait. Yeah, and but we we for the final versions of those character sheets because they are so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're not quite. We're not quite there yet with them. We're still working on them because yeah. we want to make them perfect. Yeah. 
And I know this is Peter's favourite topic of all time. Yes. <laughs> but they, they, they've got to be perfect. They've also got to be utterly gorgeous as well, mm. though. They've That's got to be really cool. pretty. Yes. And perfect. Yes. So So we're going to see how close we can get. We can definitely do pretty. Yes. Um, yes. It's, yes. It's pretty pretty close... is actually one of the easier things to do with character yeah. sheets. Yeah. Like, Making them functional. How close we can get. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we... We're taking the idea of the different sections, the different pillars, because mm-hmm. I think that is the way to do it. That yeah. is a good way to do it. So we've got a combat section, we'll have an exploration section, and a social section. And then there's going to be like um, um, a spell section for those that need it. But also, one thing that um, you gave me the idea for, Peter, mm-hmm. which uh, we've decided to include, is a advancement section. Mm. So, assuming we can squeeze it in, the idea is because these are pre-generated characters, mm-hmm. yes, and they go up, they they're fourth level characters because we wanted to show off some of the features and them to have archetypes mm-hmm. and things like that. So they're fairly complex characters for starters, but we are assuming you already know how to play five E when you play this. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not for beginner role players; it's for five E players graduating. So they're fourth level characters, but what we've got on the character sheet, what we will have, is a bit for advancement, which basically says right. At the end of the second adventure, you're going to go up to fifth level. This is what you need to do. And then it's got things like, choose one of these. You know, so for a candy in a monk, it will say, right, choose one of these features. Yeah. And also your proficiency bonus changes to this and this. And, you know, like that. And it will tell you exactly what you do as you go up to f- f- fifth level mm-hmm. on that little section there. And I'm hoping what we'll be able to have is just little check boxes. So it's like, choose one of these features and you just check the one you want. I think would be quite a good way to do that, but space might not allow us to do that. But it would be very that cool. That would be challenging. Well, yeah, if you're just yeah. doing like a pre-gen sort of thing. Yeah, well, part of it is he get, yeah, a candy gets in a, another combat maneuver, and I can't really can't really list out the details of all the combat maneuvers you might choose from. So mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see how it works in implementation. Yeah. But that's the idea. But yeah, so I'm, oh, I'm super I'm, excited. I'm about delighted that. to hear about it. I look forward to seeing these. Yes, me too. They are the gorgeous. They are gorgeous. I think Uma, who's our um, graphic design. Guru, um, expert guru is is going to be showing me some um, some iterations today. In fact, which I can't wait to see. Should be good. Should be good. But yes, Please. so lots of stuff on Kickstarter. Lots of million dollar Kickstarters coming through. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure the box like set will back. be one, but you know, no, it won't. maybe. No, <laughs> like, it will not not. <laughs> immediately. Well, well, yeah, I can tell you why it won't be because for well many reasons why it won't be. But one of the reasons why it won't be is because for a million dollar Kickstarter, you basically need an average pledge level. Because I worked this out when I got mm-hmm. my list and divided mm-hmm. them all up into the average, average pledge level, needs to be around about a hundred dollars or more. Which is so if your core product is yeah, and, a twenty-five and a, yeah, the box set is product, designed to it's be not gonna do it, yeah. designed to be cheap and accessible. So, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. funding is always a pleasant experience. So yeah, I mean yeah yeah we yeah we want to get it printed, we want to get it made, and without crowdfunding we. Be able to pay the printers up front and all those things, so that's how that's how mm. it works. Um, yeah. I do you want to hear about some other RPGs as we are in RPG me. news? Uh, so RuneQuest RPG, oh, yeah. Uh, so Chaosium has released two new titles, uh, for oh. cults of RuneQuest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's two different books one is The Lightbringers, so that brings you like 19 different cults of storm pantheon gods and things like that, and the other one is mm-hmm. The Earth Goddesses, uh, with 16 cults for the Earth Pantheon. So just expansions on the you know the setting and that information and stuff. I'm yeah. not super familiar with RuneQuest. That sounds quite interesting. So basically, each one is I, I try, I'm basically I'm happy to translate this into D and D terms in my head to talk about it because okay. I'm not familiar enough with RuneQuest to yes. do it. So from what I'm gathering from that, and I could be completely wrong because I'm literally just going off what you just said. 
It sounds like, so RuneQuest sort of like you have an Earth Pantheon and you have a Storm Pantheon and then you have like, like 16 or 20 choices within that. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like a, a really quite expansive, flexible way of approaching like clerics. It, yeah, it is. I mean, it, cause it's, it says that in them, they've got rules to advance characters. They've got like, yeah. uh, so you could advance, make your character a god talker or a rune priest or priestess or rune lord mm. or things like that. Uh, so it has got lore and history of all the different pantheons, but it does interact with your character yeah. as well to give you abilities and features and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah. And it's quite Rune-quest nice. It's that... definitely a gap in my knowledge. It is a, I played it's a whole there, and I should know it. Once, about mm. 10 years ago. So you're probably more familiar with it than I am then. And I can't remember that much about it. It didn't stick with me clearly. You played um, it, Peter. Oh, I played Rune Quest. No. Mm. I have played Descent and. I, I I think that they're like sort of based all the like little heroes in that board game are based upon the RuneQuest game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not with But anyway, there we go. So that's that. Yeah, yeah. In other news, uh, there's loads of marketing about in Sweden on um, like buses and public transport and things for Dragon Bay. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah on the bus. So yeah. uh, Free League have released like to retail Dragon Bay Dragon Bay and Cool box set, which I have mm-hmm. right here. Gesturing to all you podcast listeners so you can all see it while you're listening to this. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so this is a big deal because it's the first English language version of the Swedish RPG, uh, Drakkar och Demona. And anyone who's Swedish is now going, I'm so glad they gave them what Dragon What did you Bay. just say? That, I said that wrong. You, you probably just swore in Swedish by mispronouncing it. Maybe. I apologise. Uh, but yeah, so this was a big 80s RPG and at the time uh, D&D wasn't available in Swedish, I think, so they like, we'll make our own version and it was hugely popular and a big thing um, mm. and, is, and is still a big thing, so Free League researching it has been really good and I have the set here and because it's Free League, it's bloody gorgeous as you'd expect. Yeah. Has it got a map? It's got a yeah, map, it? it's, got it's got a map. map. There's maps, Ooh, there's character map. sheets, there's cards, there's dice. There's... It has duck people and talking dogs. Yeah, what would you want? I know that about it. You could even Draw. pretend that duck person is a goose if you wanted. Why would I want to do that? Because geese in an RPG is the best. Um, but yeah, uh, but interestingly, the physical version of the game is available in game stores. Hmm. So they've done that instead of getting it online. Yeah. So is this, is this a starter set? Uh yes. Box set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. um so the box set has uh the core rules, uh eleven adventures that can be one shots or can be played as one kind of campaign. Mm-hmm. Um a booklet about solo play. Oh that map's lovely. It I just is. looked at the map. Yeah. Oh. Freely you kill me with these maps. Yeah. Basically maps are killers, aren't they? Yeah. I mean they get me every time. Mm-hmm. Just show me a pretty map and I'm like I'll bring uh, over my box set. Yeah, I'll buy a $100 box set just to get that map. Do you want me to bring over my box set so you can have a look at the map to see if you want to, <laughs> you want to invest as well? Should I gaze at it adoringly? Yes. It's the Moria one. It's the Moria one I want, the Moria map. Yeah. Literally, I'm getting that box set for the map. Well, you can pick it up Moria at your friendly map. local gaming store. Yeah. Although, speaking of maps as we were, mm-hmm. I draw your attention to the chat where we have uh, from the delightfully named MolotovCockatiel.com uh-huh. A hex map maker. <laughs> I literally thought that said cocktail and that you'd misspelled it. <laughs> no, it's actually cocktail. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like I, I see yeah. what they did there and I am yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, on the one hand, it's, it's a different map maker from ones I normally recommend. Those normally create the dungeons. This one is creating the larger 
um, terrain map of the outside world. So Ooh, excellent for your hex crawls. As I have nice. been doing a bit of a delve and a bit of a bash on the older level up advanced fifth edition journey rules, um, I'm I, I that also caught my eye. I'm like thinking, hmm, interesting. This looks fun, but I just know as soon as I do it, like I drew a little river, and some player would be like. Well, actually, geographically, that's not how water would flow. And uh, I just yeah, know they'd be someone, I'd be like, there are so... dragons here and undead zombies attacking you, and you are annoyed <laughs> yes, by this, this pla- river. This, this, this planet might be like Discworld or something for you now. Yes. I mean, it's not. And the correct response is, yes, that is interesting, isn't it? You should probably investigate that and find out. I don't have those yeah. kind of players on my table. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's very cool, Peter, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I yeah. Yes. I, I, I saw it as I was like doing my... Uh, Exploration of the internet. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So basically, people for the people, this. the people at home who can't see it, mm. um, I just played with it for a few seconds just now. So basically, you get a hex grid, and you just—it's it's quite simple and elegant. Mm-hmm. You just uh, paint, paint in the hexes different colors as an old style to okay. symbolize different Click features. Yeah. And drag. It's yeah. not got huge amounts of detail, but I'm, I, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is this is good enough. And of course, you can access it if you were to have like layout software. Uh, and maybe put some extra details on. Yeah. Mm. Should strike your fancy. So I'm like, mm. okay. Yeah, that looks that really cool. Thanks for sharing that. I do like that. Yeah. yeah. Right then. More news. I have some news. We were talking about Baldur's Gate, and this is yeah. maybe Baldur's Gate adjacent. So BKOM Studios and Paizo have announced uh, Pathfinder Gallowspire Survivors video game. Uh, so it's on Steam as like a, something you can like as an upcoming thing at the moment, but it's got early access on September 14th next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a roguelite action RPG. Uh, okay, so, can okay, I interrupt here? I've heard people say that phrase before, and I am aware that it means something to video gamers. I don't know what that means. So it's an action RPG, and it's light on the roguing. Uh, are you asking about roguelite? Or roguelike? Rogue, roguelike. Yeah, ro- roguelike. So there was this game called Rogue, and you played it a bit. Then you oh, died. so Rogue's the name of a game. Okay, right. Yeah, so you played the game, then you mm. died. But any advancement you made was saved, and you started the game again, but with like you know bonus stuff. So your previous playthrough affected your current playthrough. Oh, and yeah, you just like unlocked more of the game as you went along. Like you've seen the Legacy games. I don't know what that means either. No. Okay, uh, Legacy I don't games. I play video are, games, so I don't know. What yeah, you... Legacy games are like board games where you unlock more stuff as you play through, mm-hmm. um, right. and you bring in new elements and so forth, and it like changes oh. the game. So, like, yeah, uh, famous roguelikes include stuff like uh, Faster Than Light. You get new ships and new species you can play right. as you play through. It's about unlocking stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, right. I, 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 I mean, that's that's my understanding. I thought it just meant it was sneaky. I mean, no, <laughs> no. that's a very no. that's a very good summary of it, Peter. Though, but um, pretty much, yeah. Oh, so, well, if you know, Jason. No, 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 no. That was a better summary than I'd, I'd have done. Uh, I've been like, you know, it's kind of like this other game. And then yeah. Russ would have been like, I do not know that reference yet. And I'd be like, okay. So I'm, I'm very glad you did that independent of reference. Yeah. But yeah, so it is a dungeon delve, this game, pretty much. Uh, Pathfinder, mm-hmm. you're playing like a fighter, a wizard, and a rogue. Team people, you're going in. What about cleric? Uh, no. you cleric. Oh. No. Going out without oh. cleric. Bold choice. It has said it's uh, rogue light. So in light, instead of unlike rogue like games, some progress is saved when you get defeated. So different, it's not just complete death and, and reset, is what they'd said there. Uh, but yeah, Pathfinder, Gallows Bar Survivors, if you're liking RPG-themed digital games, 
So this is actually button masher, is it? Or no, I haven't no, seen it. No, I don't be... think so. I don't think it's no? button smashing. Or so. That that would be wildly weird for Pathfinder. Yeah, I don't imagine. think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Complete, completely wildly off brand. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I could be wrong, but I, I would just, I would be super surprised. Yeah, I think so it's, it's more strategy based. Like, you have a team so of people. Pointing clicky, sort of. Uh, yeah. Like, and, just stuff. Yeah. So there's like yeah, waves yeah, of enemies, much. and um, but yeah. Mm. Anyway. Okay. I really need to play Baldur's Gate the more we talk about that. I do too, to be honest. I just, I want to maintain like a social life in my career and I just don't know if I can do all those things and play Baldur's Gate. It's our wedding anniversary this weekend, so I don't think I'm going to be allowed to play Baldur's Gate. That would be really, that's a a really good choice for us. And I think you're making good (laughs) life choices there. I think you've got your priorities right and I respect that. Mm. Um, Right. I think that's all the news I have. Does anyone else have any other newsy bits they'd like to news. bring up? News, you say? You want more news? Um, if you I, have I, it. I, I, I don't think there is any more news, no. It's, it, is, it is quiet. That's, that's what I've got. Sorry. All right. Well. Um, there, there was a couple of minor, tiny little things. So Christian Hoffer of comicbook.com mm-hmm. at GenCon spoke to Jeremy Crawford and has um, reported a few sort of like articles just like summarising some of the different things he said. And one of them was that we're revisiting um, older settings that I mentioned earlier. Um, but that was just one of them. Um, so they touched on some other topics as well. Um, one was on high-level play. One was on how the play tests go from the experimental to the focused. And the other was on how they read like um, the feedback, mm-hmm. the unearthed arcana feedback. Um, I mean... <sighs> It wasn't a lot. Each of these sort of each of these things is just like Jeremy Corbett just sort of saying a thing, mm-hmm. pretty much. But um, um, it, it, it's kind of interesting. So like like the uh, bit on high level play caught my eye. Oh, yeah. So I read that, and they said, you know, he said the usual thing that we all know: campaigns don't tend to get to high level play, and then we start having a conversation, chicken or egg, and all that sort of stuff. But um, you know, according to their data, it doesn't tend to happen, which is why traditionally content is focused in the in the sort of lower area but he also said that they did want to support high level play but one of the reasons is even if a player isn't going to reach that level having the potential to do so is aspirational and therefore it should be there does that make sense was it sorry what was that so you, you've got a character that's not going to make it to 20th level because campaign's not going to last that long right because most don't so traditionally they don't but mm-hmm. the fact that you know that your character potentially could get to 20th level because that content is there in the game and there's some abilities up there that you can aspire to. Right. It's important that they be there even if you never actually get to play them, is kind of what you were saying. Um, I'm not summarising it very well. I, no, I, I, I know. He's just looking completely the world. No, 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 no. I just, I'm digesting the information. For me... I think having 20th level things in the world is good if you're an adventurer. Because if even if mm. the highest I played is like, I think 15, 16th level or something. Yeah. Um, it meant that I know in the world it's possible to be power level 20. So there are things that are more powerful and bigger than mm. me. So that was why I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I've got the actual quote. Uh, so Crawford, he said, it's still important to us for support to exist for the higher levels. Right. In yeah. addition to players who have campaigns at those levels, what we have found and this has been reinforced in our most recent UA surveys, we get people saying, you know what, I've never played at that those levels, I'm not sure I'll ever reach level 20, but it's important to me what my class feature is going to be up there because it's aspirational. That's the, that's the quote. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> Peter's still looking for Jeff, Jess and Peter's response to that quote is okay. Um, the official I response. Don't I, describe, yeah. I don't know if I describe myself as bewildered, possibly unimpressed. Right. Um, like I don't know. Like I'd like I'd like to play both halves of the game that I purchased mm. from you. Mm. Um, like wow. I just. I find I understand that having an aspirational goal for your character that even if you don't yeah. reach it informs role play is good. That's why I really like the Destiny's feature in A Five E because it there's a feature there that informs your role play from the very beginning. But there's also Ooh, the mm. chance that if this things happens, you get this nice toy. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, I think that's yeah. what the intention is there with high level play in in Five E. Obviously, is that yeah, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, you be might back not to... be able to reach it. But it's there to inspire you to try. Yeah, I. It's like, yeah, you you probably won't ever get to use it, but it it, it we could want be it you. There. Yeah. Well, I goes back I, to a conversation we had when we were doing the capstone features for level up, like two or three years ago when we were designing them. So capstone features obviously being the twentieth level feature, mm, mm. the last class feature you're ever going to get. Sort of. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a and, big discussion about naming them and stuff. Well, it wasn't just that. I mean, I yeah. was firmly at the camp um, that that feature should be a bit overpowered. Amen. And and that you should be looking forward to it all the way through. And it should be a new thing, not just a numerical iteration of something you had before. It should yeah. be a, a, a new toy. So yeah. that you were always like, I really want that 20th level feature. And when you get it, you're basically at the end of the campaign. Why not let it be a bit overpowered and let you show off a bit? And have a bit of fun. Yeah, it's going to be the last thing you do. So, uh, I, I mean, it's just like uh, I think that sort of there is a culture clash that does come with this because, like, the expectation of people who are used to trad D and D gaming are like, yeah, okay, you get to level twenty, you might have a hurrah, uh, but after that, there's no place to go. We're not really going to play very much anymore. Whereas I have come across many times the much larger group of people who mm-hmm. are used to playing things like World of Warcraft and stuff like that. Okay, here's my plan to get to level 20 so that we can go around being absolute rock stars in the end content. Mm. Yeah. Um, because like level 20 is when you've finished essentially the tutorial and now you're playing the game yeah. as it's intended. Yeah. Now you're playing the character you were building. Yeah, for the last yeah, 20 basically. levels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like that that is like these these are very different mindsets and yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I don't know. I like I'd like to play a 20th level. I'd like to get to level 20 and maybe play it for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I like the ending of the campaign. Like well, that just isn't Yeah, I'm I mean 20th level adventures. I would like to do it mm. once, but They're hard to write. It it is really oh, I had a campaign yeah. and we played for ages and we got to like 16th level. And we're kind mm-hmm. of there, and in the story, we're kind of ready to fight the big bad of the campaign mm. that we've been building up to for years. And yeah. also, like, we felt really powerful, and combat didn't feel as challenging because yeah, yeah, yeah. we had so many solutions. Um, mm. And we were all different classes as well, so we were able to be yeah. quite strategic. And yeah. so I don't think it was as fun for us because it wasn't like a challenge that we weren't like, oh, we're going to die. And I think it wasn't as fun for the GM because they put a challenge in front of us and be like, oh, actually, we'll just do this. And they're like, oh, yes, that will yeah. work. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> the ability to just negate a lot of stuff. Yeah. Without, and, yeah. and that's just what it is. So I just don't think it was satisfying for our table. I'm sure there are ways 
you know, to do that, but we just didn't. Yeah. We were kind of like, I feel mm. we've told this story of this group of people because yeah. for us well, it was about the journey. Traditionally, the way to do it is the Superman thing, bringing the kryptonite and nerfing, and that's just not satisfying. Yeah, we need a, a reason so, that Superman uh, couldn't be here today. Yeah, Where is he on I, annual I, leave? I, I mean, I have thoughts about that, but mm-hmm. um, I'm working towards them. Okay. Hmm. Like, I would really like to put out like a series of twentieth level Avengers. Wow. Just, just writing them is just so 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 hard well, because you yeah. cannot a twentieth level party mm. like the anticipating it. Well, also, but also the breadth and um, variety of what that party might be able to do is so yeah. much greater than it is at lower levels. That writing yeah. the adventure to accommodate everything that that party might be able to do is. It's just not possible. Yeah. So it's hard to do. I don't really know hard. what this says about me as a person, but my thought is, okay, they're so powerful now. Surely you just have to mess with them psychologically at this point and give them moral quandaries, because, like... Yeah. Like <laughs> surely say... that's the only thing left. <laughs> like, you, you can't you destroy them physically, to... destroy their minds. Again, it's a Superman thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. You, you almost have to go... Well, I mean, my, the most recent one I've seen probably be all well, the Batman movies. He's got a choice between saving his friend Harvey Dent and saving uh, his girlfriend. Mm. Yeah. Um, who's there, I forget. Uh, but yeah, he's got to go choose to go between one of those places mm. um, and see what happens. There. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. I think we probably have done the news now. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, this is a new one. I've never run a game for a dog and a cat before. This is the best game ever. This is the best day ever. You are the best person ever. I, I, I just love you. Well, let's not get carried away. I mean, now, do you have your character sheets? What about you, cat? Yes. I am playing Imperius Imperium the Imperial, a ruler of worlds, overlord of all I survey, and you are my vassals. Okay, right, right, and uh, and you, dog? Huh? Uh, your character sheet? Where is it? Uh, uh, uh what what character sheet? What uh, sheet of paper that was uh, it was on the table just now? Oh. Oh. I I I, I ate it. <laughs> okay, um, okay, um, not to worry. Um, I have a spare. I have a spare. Right then, uh, let's begin. Uh, hang on. What's up? I need a nap first. Look, we don't have time for a nap. Look, you're outside the dungeon. There's a door. The fabled portal, said to be unpassable to all but the bravest of adventurers, with arcane locks and devious traps which defied even the great thief Ripley the Unseen. Truly an obstacle for the greatest of heroes. I will wait. Okay, I'll just, uh, I'll quickly sniff the cat's backside. What? Why? Well, why not? Um, Fine, fine. uh, uh, So you wait. Um, uh, Nothing happens. I will wait. What are you waiting for? I am waiting for you to open the door for me. Well, I'm not in the game. You have to open the door yourself. It's part of the challenge. Mm, okay. I will wait. This is the best game I've ever played. Oh, that's very kind. You, you are my best friend. Uh, can I sniff... Um... No, no, no. Look. Okay, fine. I'll open the door. Good, good. It sticks slightly. Sick? Sick? stick okay so i want to get the stick no 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 no, not a stick i mean the door is a little stuck D- do you want the stick what well you're gonna have to chase me for it though i don't want the stick wait what am i saying there is no stick i just love this i love you so are you gonna go in or not i will have a nap first you two may have me a nap 
Okay, let's just uh, call that a short rest. Uh, you get your hit points back. Oh, I- I'm going to eat them. Eat what? They're hit points. Do they taste good? They're not physical things. Hit points are an abstract numerical measure of your overall health. What? What? Never mind, never mind. Inside the dungeon, you come across a small treasure hoard. Shiny. Oh, now you're suddenly interested. I pounce upon the treasure hoard, baring my teeth. Well, it seems nonplussed. You do notice that the fabled gem of eternal life, the artifact sought after all these years by so many brave adventurers. I bat it from paw to paw. Oh, that looks like fun. Can I play? No, this is mine. This. Oh, okay. This is all mine. Oh, okay. I'll just sit here and gaze at you adoringly and drool a bit. That that always works. What happens now? Uh, well, you uh, uh, bat the um, gem of eternal life with your paw. Um, it rolls across the uneven ground, the torchlight reflecting in its many surfaces. Oh, cool, cool. How bat it again? I mean, nothing different is going to happen. I bat it again. It rolls, it shines. Oh, I bat it again. I, I am bored. Bored? This is the best day ever, though. Make your mind up. Can I eat any of the treasure? No, it's not food, it's treasure. So... <sighs> look, you, uh, uh, let me roll a dice. Hey, hey, what are you doing? I got it, I got it, I got it. Oh, look how clever I am. That's my dice, I need it. I need to know what it rolled. Uh, oh, you've eaten it. Oh, uh, well, you did throw it. What was it, What was I supposed to do? Fetch me something. Oh, okay, I like doing that. Well, uh, what shall I fetch you? Anything, it hardly matters as long as you're doing my bidding. Oh, okay, you hear a roar from the other end of the cave. Oh, I shall bark at it repeatedly, all night, without pause. Well, uh, before you do that, uh, a, a mighty bear owl emerges menacingly from the shadows. Not in my territory, it doesn't. It's not your territory. This is the lost cavern of Django. It has lain untouched for a thousand years since it was sealed by the brave knight Hudson the Bold. It's an ancient site of untold holy lineage, a wonder of the ages, and the last hope of the Emerald Empire. Yes, it is mine. It is not yours. I beg to differ. Oh, oh, can I, can I, can I be friends with the bear, Al? Uh, I don't think it likes dogs. Of course it likes dogs. Everybody likes dogs. I can assure you that is not true. Um, impossible. The very concept is unfathomable. I shall simply spin around and round and round and round and round in front of it until it likes me. Um, um, I don't think it's working. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, then I'll sniff his butt. It will surely like me then. Oh, no, it's a, it's a bear owl. Um, it roars and swipes at you with its claws before... Ah, uh, hang on, I need the uh, random monster behaviour table. <gasps> before what? Before what? Oh, this is so exciting. This is the best game ever. And now the bear owl is my best friend forever and ever and ever. What a day! So what do I do? I roll a die, add in the modifiers for, uh, uh, oh, they do have spinning and sniffing. Who'd have thought? Um, oh, and, um... I take a nap. Ah, seems to have worked. Uh, the, uh, Bow is now your best friend ever. Yay! See, I told you! Oh, I can't dispute the dice, and the modifiers are right here in the book. Mm, I demand that it admire me. I mean, okay, I guess. I'm going to roll over and wait for a belly rub. This game isn't going quite the way I planned. It is going exactly how I planned. Look, you were supposed to overcome the unpassable door of the cavern and defeat the bear owl in mortal combat before emerging triumphant with the gem of eternal life to save the Emerald Empire in the nick of time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. It sounds 
Fascinating. And instead, you made me open the door, and then became best friends with the Bellow, while roaring the gem of eternal life around like some kind of shiny trinket. I know, it's so great, wasn't it? Oh, can, can, can we do it again? Again? Oh, well, you may have overcome the challenges, but the Emerald Empire isn't safe yet. Uh, you must deliver the gem of eternal life to its true resting place on the shrine of Monty the Black. Mm. What is in it for me? Well, the knowledge that you saved the world and averted the greatest catastrophe the Empire has ever seen? Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and eat that gem. What? You can't! What about the Emerald Empire? Saving the world! Cat! What about you? The time is now. Will you save the world? Will you deliver the people from their dire fate? Mm, nah, I'm going to take a nap. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right, don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? So this week I have been scrolling on TikTok because that is the type of person I am. And somebody was talking about their monster design and how they like to up the level of horror in their monsters. Uh, they were American, so I misunderstood them and thought they said up up the level of horror in their monsters. It was very confusing for a bit, but they meant horror. Yep. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk about monsters. Um, so I'm recently starting GMing, so I'm picking monsters to play in my campaigns and things like that. So the question would be, what makes an interesting monster and how you go about building or reskinning and designing them? So that was what I thought we could talk about this week. Discuss. I think we could talk about that. Yeah. Let's do that, yeah. shall we? You know, we should have invited I, on to talk I, about I this. I have thoughts. We should have maybe should have invited thought. Paul Hughes on to talk about this, actually. That would have been a brilliant idea. It's too late now. Anyway, yeah. all right, I've yeah. just got you two instead. So, Russ, what are your yeah. thoughts, feelings, and opinions on this topic? Ooh, well, sorry, I, I think, right, one weakness that I've seen people level at Core 5e Monsters I'm not sure it's always true, but I think that there is there is an there's always an element of truth in these things. There isn't there. Is that the the monsters maybe aren't as interesting as they could be, and a lot of them are just kind of bag of hit points that just attack or just do a thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that does make for a monster that's easy to run. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. However, they're not that much fun to run. Yeah. And yeah. not that much fun to fight, and especially when I'm running a game and I'm running a monster or something. Part of the fun for me is running that monster and having fun with it in the same way a player does with the character. So I want that monster to do a few interesting things. Yeah. So that I'm enjoying myself too. Sure, that's fair. And from the player's point of view, they want to be surprised, experience a bit of wonder and mystery. You know. uh, 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 So, yeah, I think like from a a monster design point of view, a bag of hit points that just does the same thing over and over again is probably not... So, so what, what, what do you mean when you're ideal. saying a bag of hit points? You just like what what differentiates? Yeah, the monster from that? attacks. Mm-hmm. And it's got like maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four attacks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you wail on it, and eventually and, it falls over. Yeah, yeah, and eventually it falls over. It's a bag of hit points, and you're chipping away at it, like going, ah, oh, twelve damage, twelve damage. 
Oh, four damage. Oh, 24 damage. And it's a bit of a grind. Yeah, okay. It, it is yeah. much grind. You're just like mm. whacking away at that bag of hit points. Bonk, 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 bonk. See, what I always like is if there's a clever way to defeat a monster rather than just chipping down its hit points. Oh, Especially if it's like tied into the creature's lore so, or something like that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Such as? Example well, time. I, I'm trying to think of ex- examples off the top of my head now. I mean, like, oh, um, like defeating... Being- the Medusa with the reflection mm. in the shield or something. It's like a, a clever way to yeah. defeat. That's just the thing that's popped in my head. Mm. But, yeah. um, Very valid. You know. uh, you've got your nice shiny burnished shield, mm. uh, which has its mirror-like gleam, mm. and you're waving it in front, and uh, poor Medusa's like, oh, I don't want to look at that. Mm. Uh, and that like maybe gives you an advantage. So it's not yeah. necessarily like an I win button, but um, something, something to give you something to do. Mm. Or, like, with vampires staking them. Mm-hmm. Like, that tends to work for most creatures, to be fair. Yeah, what, driving one stake for the hearts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chopping their heads off. you need your vampires, that one. Ch- chopping their heads off works on, like, a surprising <laughs> amount of things. Not hydras. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so it sounds like, so if the monster, when you're when you're choosing a monster, you want something that has an interesting strategy, almost like a puzzle yeah. solution that could be used to defeat it, opposed to just... Yeah. straight up attacking mm. it yeah, yeah. yeah like that, that that can be good and like maybe a large enough monster it can have like that sort of thing going in it we see that sort of thing in video game, game design yeah. all the time mm-hmm. you have to i don't know run around and pull blocks and so forth but then that lends itself to being to accusations of being a bit video gamey yeah and yeah. your players inevitably yeah. like well we we use the big giant doom lasers why wouldn't we steal them mm. yeah yeah that's um, fair and yeah. if you're playing a game which has resistances and vulnerabilities, then there's a heavy temptation to really lean into those. Mm. Uh, in fifth edition, so I find resistance and vulnerabilities are actually incredibly boring mechanics. Mm. And I get why they're there and they're yeah. useful, but they are so tedious and they're behind the scenes mechanics. Yeah, it's just kind of uh, it's nothing interesting about it from from the interaction point of view. In, in fact, it feels like if you do not have the damage type to unlock a vulnerability, mm. that you're basically playing the game badly. Yeah. A but trolls, trolls and fire. Just, 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 example, just to explain, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. vulnerability is something that halves the hit points of a creature. Yeah. Resistance basically doubles. Yeah, it's boring as hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, so it's, it's hard to see, and it doesn't do that much. Yeah, I mean, you can describe these things, but, you know, how many times do you describe, oh, their wound heals up immediately, or yeah. that just gets boring as well. Yeah, and, and that can also be misinterpreted as, did I do less damage, or mm. did I do zero damage? Mm. And that is a very important distinction mm. to yeah. convey. Yeah. But Trolls yeah. with Fire is a good example. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. so the mechanic that they, they use a lot is, so something might have a generation, Yes, mm-hmm. but and it doesn't work if the creature has taken that type of damage. So I think vampires and radiant damage they don't yep. regenerate mm-hmm. if they've taken radiant damage in the last round. Trolls, it's with fire, mm-hmm. yep. I believe, and there's other there's a few others, not, yeah. not many, but like a few. the basic fifth edition zombie. If you knock it down, it's got a Constitution saving throw, mm. which means it can get up mm. on like is a DC of two plus damage taken mm-hmm. unless it's from a crit or radiant damage. Mm. But this is nice ideas. Like, it's more interesting, but you sort of have to know it exists, and there's no mm. way to communicate this to the players. And if you do not have a crit up your sleeve or access to radiant damage, it is very hard to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. With big monsters as well, there's an action economy thing yeah, yeah. that goes on. When you've got a party of six 
characters wading on one monster. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I remember Strahd, Curse of Strahd. Oh, played yeah. that right, whenever it came out years ago. Yeah, yeah. Five or six years ago, whenever it was. No, yeah. no, can't be twenty fourteen. Whenever it was. But anyway, um, so the characters were what, a quarter of the way through the adventure, mm-hmm. and they met Strahd. Yeah, and Strahd is the end boss of that. The yeah. characters weren't anywhere near the capabilities they were going to get before they meet him at the end. Yeah, and they absolutely mullered him <laughs> at that level. Yeah. Yeah. And that was partly due to the whole action economy thing. Yeah. Like, big monsters or powerful monsters don't get to act often enough to actually be able to defend themselves before they've been killed. Yeah, yeah. you have stuff like legendary actions, which I'll mm. put in there. And, like, I'm a bit of a game design heretic because, mm. as far as I can make out, 5e assumes a four-player table. And mm. so legendary actions come in threes, has to do legendary resistances. Mm. So I say, actually, if you've got that, what you should do is you should have legendary actions equal to one minus the number of players. Yeah. Uh, legendary yeah, resistance yeah. equal to one minus the number of players. Just because otherwise, if you've got like six, seven people, three legendary resistance isn't cutting it. Yeah, 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 oh. absolutely. That's a, that's a good observation, that, actually. That's a good a good house rule that I think yeah. would, would really help with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they're they're sort of like a a back patch for it. I find legendary reactions were a little bit of a um, cludge anyway. They're kind yeah, of like yeah. a, a patch for the monsters not having enough actions. Yeah. And I kind of feel yeah. like monsters should just have almost be treated like separate monsters in that they have mm. actions at different initiative points during the round. Yeah. Um, I remember. Uh, is that like lair actions a... though? Is that what they're meant to do? That them as well, yeah. Yeah. like, but, that, yeah. I mean, that that's not, but that's slightly different because mm. that's like you've gone and bearded it in its lair. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah. generally, at a fixed count, yeah, something weird happens mm-hmm. because this is its special domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. That is that is quite cool. Mm-hmm. But this is, I think, I think we're like looking at maybe monsters you met outside, like oh, okay. Strahd in his lair. Yeah, mm. so, yeah. yeah. But then you've got a, you've got a monster acting at initiative count eighteen. 12 and 5 or something. Mm-hmm. So the monster A is getting to act more often, yeah. which helps with the action economy and lets it not to be mullered really quickly. B, the GM planar monster gets to actually do stuff. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean... I, I, I mean, that's just... sort of what legendary actions do, though. Yeah, that just like they're a clutchy way of doing them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Mike Shea, uh, I have to say, uh, when I read it, I was like, oh, I can't do that. And I thought, Actually, I totally should do that. He mm. recommends having monsters act on initiative count 12. Mm. Or maybe it's 15. It doesn't really matter. It's sort of like midway. Mm. And then you don't have to roll. Mm. And it's just like, that's when they act. So yeah. that's... I mean, I might spread it out a bit. So you've got some that are maybe acting at 17, mm-hmm. some that are acting at 5. Mm. Just so that it's not like initiative count 12 hits and the players get destroyed. Yeah. Because they connect in the concert. Yeah. But, you know, just... Like, rather than rolling, I just give them static initiatives, but not so that they're so high. Mm. Like, a monster rolling a 20 means your kobold's actually on a 22. I don't know, it just feels a bit, a bit rubbish. Well, I mean, it's kobold rolling, beats you uh, to the rolling draw. initiative yeah. track, though. After the first round, it doesn't matter anyway. It's just everyone's taking turns. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Only, it's only in the first round, initiative even. This is yeah. not that important. Uh, <laughs> it, it matters in the first round, I, it never, never matters again. I would again. say, depending if you're Depends. having a group strategy, because sometimes, mm. like, uh, especially if you're playing like quite a reactive player like a rogue actually my initiative mm. order there's usually somebody I want to go behind so I can kind of react to what they're doing but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unless of course you were playing an assassin, in which case you very much would like to go first, please. Yes. Mm. Uh, because otherwise your class feature is redundant. I'm going to run in and stab them, and then yeah. if they're dead, good, and if they haven't died from that, oh no, I'm going to die now. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's auto crits all round, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's a uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. What about monsters with different parts of the monster that you can target? Mm. That is different parts of the monsters with different ACs and their own hit point counts for each part and an effect when that bit is dealt with. Which feels a bit video gamey. I, I, I was again, just about to say, that, that doesn't excite me immediately as a player and as a mm. GM, that makes me feel like I'm going to have a lot more paperwork and admin to, to go through. Mm. Those I, are my I immediate mean, uh, thoughts. I, I will say this sort of already exists. Uh, the Roper, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. is a BC that looks like a stalactite or stalactite, depending on where it's mm-hmm. going on the scene, today. And it has tentacles, and you can attack the tentacles yeah. separately. You, yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, and there's a couple of plant creatures that do that as well, aren't there? Warhammer Fantasy so, does yeah. that as well. When you hit for damage, oh, you yeah. roll for where you do the damage. Hmm. Yes, that, so, yeah, hit location yeah, yeah. and so forth. I can't so like the idea of, of the players yeah. being able to figure out where to hit it, though. Where the weak point is. Yeah, that sort of thing. Then they suddenly realise, hey, hang on a second, the underside of this creature is softer than the outside. And that sort of thing. where It feels like they're actually interacting with the world and determining something more than just it has an AC of 18 that's it like, flat. like in the, yeah. the excellent Hobbit movie where they have to hit the dragon at the exact point where there's a weakness in the scale yes yeah, yeah exactly I, I mean that like, if if we're going to confine ourselves to a discussion of D&D then that does present certain problems because mm-hmm. why does this monster have a weak point and nothing else does well, maybe they all should have <laughs> I don't know yeah, maybe, they, maybe they all should have um, if maybe, maybe start... every monster should have a secret that is possible to be discovered in some way that will help you massively against it. I would like a roleplay secret that they have that so you can blackmail them instead, maybe. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Well, maybe like <laughs> goblins just like high pitch, high pitch noises, yeah, or something, like, or, yeah. or you know, things like that More that things, you can somehow yeah. discover or figure out. Yeah, and and if every single monster had one, I mean, yeah. I guess you'd learn what they were, unfortunately, but yeah, like eventually, like, but th- things like the kobolds believe in their small dragons. Uh, basically, you can avoid the fight. By uh, outrageous acts of flattery and treating them like they're important mm. and not tiny little bags of XP. Mm. <laughs> I just love the tiny little bags of XP. <laughs> Nobody wants to be treated yeah. like a tiny bag of XP. No, you know? that would so be it's horrible. Like a, you, you just like super nice them. And, like, well, I always like it when you kill a kobold and it just explodes into a number which floats into the air and then you get yeah. slightly more powerful. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> sometimes when I've killed one, like a bunch of coins have like burst out and you've had to collect them. <laughs> You know, like in Sonic. Yeah. Just, just so you know, Jess, that doesn't happen in real life. Don't try, don't try that at oh, home. Oh, I know, Russ. Yeah. I've learned this. <laughs> I know. Way. I tried, and it didn't work. <laughs> I, I can see why your two houses are listed as "Do not visit on the Halloween." <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, from um... a player perspective, with monsters, I do one thing. I do, and I was also jam with the stories I tell. I do want the monsters to react in a, a realistic way and that they want to stay alive because you know sometimes mm-hmm. like if your monster yeah. is really injured and if say it's like a beast like a yeah a bear owl or owl bear or whatever variant you'd think at some point if a, a creature in the wild was really injured it might try and retreat and get away in fact almost all of the time if it could you know yeah. so but in D often you don't see creatures doing that they kind of stay like that till the bitter end and i'm like i don't know mm. and also with if you have then have like more sentient, intelligent adversaries, what is their motivation for being in this fight with you? 
Like, are they just coming in to injure you and drops to get some information yeah. and then sneak off? Like, I don't think okay. every fight has to be to the bitter end. So I have, I have a, a thought on that, a solution to that. Mm-hmm. Zero hit points isn't necessarily dead, it's defeated. Oh. And you as the GM can decide it's dead, or you can decide it runs away, or you can decide whatever you want. Because yeah. it's just a, narr- it's just a narrative yeah. flourish at I, that point. I, what I, it means is the combat is over, the, the creature is defeated. I understand what you're saying, but that is actually incapacitated and does mm-hmm. have a definition in the book. But I mean, what I what I have happen is if someone, as happened in fact on Wednesday, someone made a cobalt explode in a particularly violent fashion, uh, <laughs> yeah. the others were like, "Oh no, we have aired, <laughs> run, run!" Yeah. Because if you're like, "Oh yeah, we could totally mug these people," and then suddenly one of them rushes forwards, hits it, and makes cobalt explode. What you're like, "Oh no, run away!" Run we away, we, run we run need away. to be elsewhere. And like, you know, sometimes you think, when they die, ah, yeah. we can take them." We need revenge, but mm. like I do a, a charisma roll, yeah, mm. basically. And if they don't succeed, like maybe like DC fifteen, or depends, depends. Like basically, mm. it's like I see what a dice says, and on charisma, I would subtract it. Yeah, and you know sometimes it's at disadvantage if like the leader's been killed, like because you're yeah. you're there to well, support your mates. Mor- yeah, morale rules from older editions of D anD D were pretty much yeah that. Yeah, I mean I can't. I- Import anything directly because you know it doesn't work with five E. But yeah. I, I, I just, just happy to go with it. when it reaches zero. I decide it's dead, or I decide it limps off into the woods. Mm-hmm. And if the players decide they want to kill it anyway, okay, they kill it, whatever. Yeah, but that's the thing because yeah, because they they might try to retreat. Whether or not they can is a different thing. So right. I, I mean, it's like the the the, the problem there is. I, I, uh, it's just one of those cyclical conversations which I find incredibly tedious in role-playing circles. Because mm-hmm. what happens is people are like, oh, I can never get my boss to get away. And it's like, well, no. Because every mm. time, every, every time you've had a boss or a monster get away, it's come back later swearing revenge, which I'm sure you found very satisfying. But from a player point of view, it's like, we have no incentive to keep these people alive. Mm-hmm. We we should finish them all off in case they come back more powerful and make our lives more difficult. Oh, so, so you can have the, the boss fall over a waterfall when he reaches zero hit points and the body washed uh, off and you don't know what uh, happened. You know, things like that. Go full Moriarty. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, good old Misty Step and a nice solid door to hide yeah. behind. There's ways to do these things. Mm-hmm. I suppose they could get repetitive if you keep doing them. Yeah. You'd have to come up with a lot of different ones, but there are yeah. ways to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. A Dragon Dance. The Dragon Dance mm. modules had a rule, mm. a specific rule that important NPCs couldn't die. Always they would fall off a cliff or something like that at zero hit points so that they could be brought back later. Yeah. Which is that's one of the reasons why dra- the Dragon Dance modules have got a very railroady kind of mm. reputation yeah. to them because you actually, some of the NPCs, you cannot kill them. You yeah. get them to zero hit points and they'll escape somehow. Because um, they're needed later in the in, in the railroad, but um, I mean, but honestly, some of the modules I've seen it says, "Oh, it will run when they're reduced to five hit points." And it's like mm. if they're reduced to five hit points, yeah, they ain't getting anywhere. And, they, they? Get, and <laughs> yeah. they get and they get another turn. I I would be shocked, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. just just because the amount, like you know, any sort of data. Like, anyway, sorry, we're getting off the subject. Um, quite a lot here. So yeah, what makes an interesting monster? Uh, different actions. I quite like mm-hmm. um, monsters that don't inflict conditions which stop you from playing. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. hate those. Yeah, paralyzed. Yeah. Oh yeah, possession. No. Yeah. yeah. Stunned. No. Yeah. I'll take slowed. 
Mm. Slowed, restricting your action. I'll give you poisoned disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, knock you prone. So I, I, I mean, nothing brings a little smile. But, but not you're not playing now. Just sit and watch everyone else play. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like you know, if an if a giant hits you with a club, I'm stealing straight from Jocelyn Gray's book. Um, one of the other like general designers on Level Up, and she's all like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I just send them flying. I like send them flying. Okay, so from now on, a giant tyrant is going like it hits you. You're going to fly 20 feet through the air. Yeah. You've just been hit by a tree shark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Whee! Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. It also me. makes me giggle. And that's yeah. the important thing. Yeah. I think, I, think, I think the problem with like abilities, like, right, no play abilities, like standing, mm-hmm. paralyzed, yeah. and that sort of stuff, is narratively, like, fiction is so full of that sort of stuff and it yes. works in fiction. Mm-hmm. Yes. In a game, a game is predicated on the fact that you're playing it. Yeah, it's yeah. a different story. Uh, like narratively, you you're still wa- you're still watching the film yes. when the when the when the when the hero yeah. is stunned. You're yeah. still you're still engaged in it, so it works. Yeah, yeah. But, but that, that makes sense, doesn't it? But but, but in a D and D table, you've got what five people sit around a table. Yeah, and, and GM's probably going to spend like maybe two minutes, maybe three mm-hmm. minutes, and then it's like at li- a minute per turn. If someone's really on the ball, God yeah, I was about to say that's table. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this assumes you've got people who are who are up for it, and they're they're like yeah, depends really on the levels. Well, higher levels, you could be talking like yeah. I mean, potentially depends on how much they've got to do, but yeah, yeah. yeah. like you know, it's it's happened. So if you go <laughs> like, out, I'll order lunch while you take your turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well I, I I don't particularly like that style of play, and I I put quite a lot of effort into making sure people know what they're about, mm. so that when they get to the higher levels. That they actually like. Oh well, okay then. I I've got a plan. I'm going to go do it. So you know it can be worked around. But even with the best will in the world, right? Yeah. With people who know their stuff and are keen and they're paying attention and they go for it, it's still like you know maybe twenty minutes before you get a turn. Yeah. Twenty mm. minutes of your actual real life where yeah. you just have to sit and watch other people having fun. Mm. What? No way. Well, that, well that's that. that's another basic problem with like the D and D initiative system as it were as yeah. it is. That's a different. Thing entirely because I'm, but it is linked no. to an interesting monster, so you can negate yeah. that by making yeah. your monsters not use those abilities all the time, like yeah. you say the paralysis. But if that. if the monster is doing different things throughout the turn to different players, those oh. players aren't just watching; yeah, yeah. they have to deal with the challenge mm. partway through the turn. Yeah, I know. mean that, that that's the thing. It's like the temptation is very much to focus, which again is also why I quite like the uh, knockback effects. Because mm. then that removes the whole attack of opportunity business. Mm-hmm. So you can go rampaging over to the pack lines, or I don't know, you can use your stinger scorpion tail to shoot poison that, yeah. I don't know, that guy over there, the one with the funny robes. It's like them. Sort of conversation to be had, like just spinning off the whole conditions which take you out of the game, which just mm. removes the point of you being there because your only reason for being there is to play the game. Mm. Um, also. I was about to say like, something. In, in, <laughs> immunity. It was going to be really good as well, Russ. I could tell. Yeah. It was building up to I, it. I was like, this is going to be gold. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what's your other thing? Immunities are another thing. I'm just like. Oh, yes. Yeah, Monster yeah. negation abilities. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Abilities where you just, like, a player's ability just doesn't work. And it's like, well, the, the only reason the player's there is to have fun playing with those abilities. Yeah. Just saying I, it exercise you can't, isn't yeah. fun. And again, now it works narratively in a film or on a book, but when you're yeah. playing the game, just saying you can't do the fun thing yes. isn't fun. So the, what, what the solution is there is you take 
a certain narrative thing that exists in film and TV and say it can't be in the game. Mm. You can't have people being stunned. You can't have abilities that just you know, features that negate your abilities. And that doesn't feel satisfying either. So You can't have people being stunned such that they cannot act at all. Mm. Like, you cannot do anything at all on your turn is no fun. You no. have a limited section of action, selection of actions on your turn. Mm-hmm. Much more interesting. Mm. Yeah. Like, because you can still do something. Yeah. Even if it's just like, you know, role play going, oh God, I'm trying to move at half movement, uh, do like you've only got, like maybe you've only got a, re- maybe you don't get a reaction, maybe you just have your main action. You've got mm. something that you can do, but you don't have access to your whole yeah. set of abilities. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah. I mean, being unconscious and making death saves kind of works because they're quite tense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's like probably one of the more interesting parts of the mm. game, but they're sort of a bit too predictable almost. Yeah. So I, I I haven't quite gone down the route of saying, oh, don't worry, I'll roll your death save for you. Mm. But I did see quite a good thing in 13th Age, which is where you can uh, basically describe how your character, memories of your character, like a little flashback where your character has given some advice to somebody mm-hmm. about what to do in this situation, and that might give them a minor advantage. Yeah. So I'd say, like... On your turn, okay, so here's another house rule, if you like. On your turn, you're doing a death save, you can narrate how you gave someone some great advice, gain an expertise die to whatever it is you're doing. Right, maybe not even just advice, maybe just a flashback of a greater yeah, Because you're actually yeah. doing something on your turn then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, just a flashback of how you mm. helped out someone else, though. Because mm. obviously you can do nothing, but your character can still like, give like a little minor assist. Not for advantage, that's too much. This is is the wrong word, I was about to say playing with time travel, but I don't mean time travel. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what if you're not conscious or you're not not able to act in the present, Mm -hmm. but you can still flash back to before the combat to something you were doing. Blades in the dark. And then you you can literally have an encounter during the combat on your turn or if you were pickpocketing the guard to get his dagger, and then in the combat now, he hasn't got it. I'm just making this up. Yeah, yeah, it's just because yeah. like, I've been playing a couple of games with flashback Blade, mechanics recently. With, so. yeah. you, you've been playing yeah. Blades in the Dark. I was yeah, say, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. This is straight from Blades in the Dark flashback. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, that would explain yeah, so, it. Yeah. So, so you just have a, a totally separate encounter mm-hmm. going on with someone who's stunned. Or does that interrupt the combat too much? They want to sit around going, oh, God, this again. That okay. does split. I don't know. But that it depends would if your not. table's happy with it being split of, like, this moment's happening mm. over here. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to go over there. Yeah. But that that can be... I'm quite comfy. Try it I'm quite comfy running that, like, having mm. different things going on. Um, you, you, you need to keep it, like, really tight as a vignette. Yeah. You need to... You yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. You don't want an entire so, adventure to start taking place in so the past. So no. focused. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you need to switch between. But as a player, but, I also quite like sitting back and watching those moments as well. But... As a player, I generally do enjoy watching other people roleplay a lot as well, so yeah. that's not... I really like this idea now. The more I think about it, I think there is I, something I that mean, can be done with it. It sounds much like I was saying, but yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, because I was just saying, get, get, get uh, Grant an expertise. Maybe, I mean, I, I will say, right, that players love rolling dice. Mm. Um, they, they very rarely seem to enjoy when things automatically work. Hmm. I don't know why. I quite like things working for me, but like it's just satisfying for them to roll advice and have a thing work or fail because mm. they feel they've earned it. Mm. I I don't know, Russ. I think that saying. earning it is yes. the key thing, and I think that earning yes. it doesn't have to be a dice roll because sometimes mm. for me as a player, if I can convince the GM that something should happen, I feel I've won that way as well. Uh, Surely I'm a 
not be able to do this because blah 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 blah. And if I get a yeah. yes on that, I have. Uh, I say so. I think the key thing is earning it. Earning it via shiny yeah. master rocks. Yeah. Fun. Earning it by just mm. being a cheeky so and so because I enjoy doing that. Yeah. Works uh, for me well, as well. We've already discussed our differences upon that sort of. Yeah, you would hate me at your table, Peter. Cool. You'd be like, "Why is this? Why is this woman here plaguing my existence? Be gone, I, uh, beast!" <laughs> I, I, I think it would be quite funny, and I think you'd actually do quite well. Um, <laughs> but you, but you probably end up knowing the rules a lot better. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to learn rules. No, I will not do it. You wish to play a role-playing game and understand what's going on? Absolutely not. Let me just play my sad little character and have a little cry in the corner, please. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> no, should we steer this back to monsters, which is yeah. what we were supposed yes, to Yes, what makes about. an interesting encounter. What makes an so the point of what we're monster. saying there is, yeah, yeah, the player, you don't want a monster that's stopping the player playing and engaging with the encounter in that way mm. by conditions or things like that. Oh, yeah. the classics, too high armor class. Yeah, If you cannot yeah. hit the monster, players are probably not going to be having a good time, mm-hmm. which mm. is... Obviously, with bounded accuracy, they're like, well, we need fights to last a certain amount of time, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. They, they've got well, the, other, the, other, <laughs> the other thing that makes the monster interesting is stuff around the monster as well. So, not just the monster itself. The environment. Because, mm. I mean, just like, I don't want to toot our own horns too much again, mm. but Paul, who uses work in Monsters Menagerie mm-hmm. and all the stuff that comes with the yeah. monster. Mm-hmm. Outside of the stat block, yeah. like the signs and, and you know, behaviours. Signs and, importance, yeah. Yeah, no, no, those all that, are all that stuff just makes the monster more real and feel more like it's there. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been having a lot of fun with the journey rules, random generation. Mm. So that's got things for whether you get, like, what sort... Because you've got the, like, the rolling grasslands or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've been generating the stuff. And then for all the combat encounters, I've been going and looking at the signs and behaviours and generating those. So putting those into the journey, mm-hmm. so that as they're going along... They see the signs important. Exactly how it's supposed to be used. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the plan. No, it's what, really I, good, what so. I would what I'd quite like to do is make a random encounter generator, which basically ties together the various things that we did in level up into the encounter. So basically, you'd have your region. Yeah. It would roll on the region, and it would come up with I don't know, sort of hobgoblin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At which point, you're supposed to turn to the hobgoblin page in yeah. Monstrous Menagerie. You open yeah. up the hobgoblin page, and then you look at the encounter table, and yeah. that tells you what hobgoblin encounter you're going to have for your party. So it's like, oh, we're level nine party. Okay, that's two hobgoblin warchiefs mounted on direwolves with four okay. four soldiers. And then that gives you the treasure for that. That's there in the book. But also, you've got your signs, which you see before you meet the hobgoblin, are there in the book, and the behaviour that they're doing when you meet them, you know, and all that stuff. So it's all there. Mm-hmm. And if, like, one encounter generator can just, like, you click the button and poof, there it is. Mm. That'd be brilliant. That's what I want to do. And the only reason I haven't done it is the data entry aspect of it. Oh, God. I can write the code for that. I'm, I'm, my PHP skills are now good enough to do that. Yeah. It's just putting all that data into it. To... That is not a true task. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, this is, like, less interesting monsters as a thing, but more, like, due to the environment. But, yeah, I had a great experience with running uh, some manticores, it turned into like a little mini sports day event mm. where the players were like, okay, well, I guess we're doing a competition because the manticores were like, oh, yeah, yes, we'll have some, we should have some games before dinner. <laughs> and everyone's like, all right then. And then they're like throwing rages, like scorching rays. I'm like, do you, do you mean a fireball? No, I mean a scorching ray. I'm like, okay. <laughs> As the manticore goes, oh, that's a lot of damage. Mm. And you've got much better range than me as well. Huh. 
oh well, I mean, look at the time. Oh, we got to mm-hmm. we got to be going off. And I'm I'm very happy with that turn of events because the players felt like they'd bested them, which they had. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't, and they'd used up resources, which was the entire point of the encounter. Mm. They just didn't do it through. They did it through role playing and use of resources rather than mm. uh, combat. But end of the day, works me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to summarize our what makes an interesting monster kind of conversation yeah. we've had. So that is yeah. not just being a bag of hate hit points. It having yeah. some yeah. sort of motivation and reason for being there, like whether yeah. it's self preservation or something around the lore of it that does that the and, and which the players can look into and use in some way yes so it's, so it's not just fluff text it's it's relevant yeah um the environment in which it's in like so mm-hmm. using yeah. like hints and clues to it being there things like that happening and it not using abilities that prevents the players playing and having fun like yeah. IAC yeah. conditions da, da, da. is that a good summary oh I, I I mean I just feel like we're just on the verge of starting to describe reaction roles at this point <laughs> which you know, I'd love to make work, but with a D20 system are quite a lot harder to do. Mm. And then it's just dealing with results which are obvious nonsense. Like, mm. I don't know, the, like, you know, friendly Albert, I can buy friendly drow? I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, interesting. Yeah. The other thing is how you run the monster as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you just, yeah, I mean, like, if you're having a monster use its environment, like, rather than hit you, it uses the shove action to try and push you off the cliff sort of thing. Because that's, cause it would. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Just makes it a little more fun to run from the GM's point of view because yeah. you've got more options mm-hmm. outside the stat block that you can, you can leave on. Yeah. I, I mean, like Keith, Alan, and the monsters know it. The monsters know what they're doing, that thing. Yeah. Is that, that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a like a player survival guide as well. Mm. <laughs> player character survival guide, tactics that you could use, yeah. uh, but that one is less off. But yeah, it's the monsters dot com or something like that. Mm. Uh, so that's that's pretty pretty good. Yeah. Well, well there you are. We've right. discussed it. We've discussed interesting monsters to nobody's yeah. satisfaction, but we did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. I found it very interesting. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Right, shall we go then? Yeah. Yes. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Some say she's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, but to the best of my knowledge, she is not made of plastic, but she's still very fantastic. It's the one! It's the only! It's... It's me, Jessica, from EM Publishing. I think that's my favourite intro. That actually rhymed. Did you prepare that one in advance, or did you rhyme off the cuff? Um, I stole it off Aqua Barbie. Oh, oh. <laughs> I am now less impressed. <laughs> <laughs>